Before we get started with this week's episode, a short little word on some stuff that I think you might enjoy. I'm heading back out on tour in a few weeks. Some tickets still available for Brighton Comedia on September 10th, the INEC Arena in Killarney on September 22nd, Belfast on October 26th, Roscommon Arts Centre on October 27th, Carlow on November 10th, and we've added extra dates at Dundalk Spirit Store, DeBarris in Clonakilty, and the three Olympia in Dublin. Yeah, you heard that right. The three Olympia in Dublin, a third night added there and selling fast, thank God. Great to have Sonia back on the show today. Marion McKeown is back on Friday with Irishman in America. I cannot wait for that one. And I'm putting the final finishing touches to a big interview I did with Roz Purcell that you're going to love. Honey, You're Ruining Our Kid is back in September once we get the children's back to school. But you can keep your questions coming in for Tina on honeyyoureruiningourkid at gmail.com. She will get back to everyone. I'll be in Mayo for the next while. I'm actively seeking out races and park runs around the country. So get in touch if you want me to do yours. Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. It's the Irishman running abroad with Sonia O'Sullivan over in London and me, Jardeth Regan, about to hit the road for Mayo. It feels like an eternity since our last podcast as we took our first ever midsummer break where I finished my latest stand-up tour, done a lot of running and you, Sonia, well, you've been absolutely everywhere since we last spoke. Which was better though, filming Ireland's fittest family or watching your daughter Sophie take home gold at the European Under-23 Championships? <laughs> yeah um <laughs> you're saying you don't have to think about that <laughs> <laughs> that's an easy one to start things off uh, yeah i mean i suppose they were both tv related one filming for tv and one looking at tv because i didn't actually make it to finland i nearly did i was in the process of doing it and then at the last minute i had to um i can't remember what i had to do but i was staying to do another job anyway go to a track meet or something like that or mm look after some athletes but it was kind of you know a bit of a in-between situation there where I could have flown directly from Italy to Finland but then I was kind of needed to be back in London so I kind of decided that sometimes you have to you know commit to your job and um, <laughs> and then you know there'll be better days down the track where you can take the days off and um, and be there, yeah. Yes, I mean, I think Sophie, her coach from the University of Washington, uh, Marisha Powell, she was in Finland. Um, she was on her way home. And so she had someone there to, you know, talk to before the race, which is, that's the main thing is you have somebody to talk to, you know, in those hours when you're just kind of hanging around and waiting someone to help you pass the time a little bit better. Um, and so I, I knew she wasn't all alone up there and she had some good company so that that was good and um so why is that if i could jump in there why is that so important that is it that the head plays tricks with you in those few hours um well it's a little bit different when you're in a championship when you're part of a team um because all of a sudden you're surrounded by people who you're not totally familiar with right and you know on the irish team you'll have the team manager you'll have different coaches who are you know not personal coaches to the athletes, but their overall team coaches. Um, 
there'd be physios and different people hanging around the place. And as much as the athletes get nervous for a final, so do the coaches. And they don't always know how to react to certain athletes. So you need someone who's a bit more familiar with the athletes to help them to relax and take them away from the kind of bubble that they're in. Gotcha. And make it all a little bit more normal and just to normalize the whole situation. And so that's what happens when you're with a familiar person. You know, they just keep things normal and they bring the level of what you're doing down to, you know, similar to a normal weekly track session. You know, mm-hmm. you do this every week, you're training for this every week. Um, so why would you be nervous? And, uh, you know, just try and make it a simple thing. And yeah, simple normalize thing. it. Yeah. Yeah. So when I bumped into you in Kildare Village, shout out to Kildare Village, uh, I was, of course, in the Nike shop and <laughs> amazed to see Sonia walk in the doors of the Nike shop and start shopping. But besides all of that, you told me that you watched it in the back of a taxi. Is that right? Um, well, it was a car was driving us to the airport from we were in Lake Nano and we were going to Venice. And um, yeah, we were we ha- we were going in the car right at the kind of hour when Sophie's race was coming up and um, we weren't sure exactly where we would be when the race came on but it happened to be you know about five minutes out from the airport (laughs) (laughs) but there was um I think there was there was including the driver there was six in the car the driver was Italian the person in the passenger seat was a Japanese athlete so they both had no idea what was going on (laughs) and I was sitting in the middle and then there was um American girl, two American girls actually either side of me and an American agent in the we, we call it the jump seat because when we were packing the car, we kind of forgot that there was five of us and we also had to fit a driver. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit of a logistical nightmare trying to get all the people, the driver and the bags, which always is an issue. <laughs> Everybody forgets that you've got to fit the bags in as well. Oh, my God. Um, Packing cars, driving around Ireland. I know it's a Tetris job trying to get the bags in. Oh, it's very funny. And so I was sitting in the middle with the iPad and, you know, uh, tuned into watching this race. (laughs) And there was some there was lots of cheering and excitement when when Sophie was running. Um, So that's how we watched it. Oh, well, I think you're downplaying it a lot. I would imagine that you let a few roars, even though I very much doubt that you were in any doubt that she had Sarah Healy uh, coming around that final bend uh, with that ace still to play uh, down the straight. That's not how it panned out this past weekend at the National Championship. Sarah got a little bit of revenge and the dream team of Rob Heffern and Dervil O'Rourke and Sonia reunited again in the box. Like, is it is it hard to watch when you know, ah, oh, that that's that's gonna that's gonna cost when you can actually see it play out and you, you can watch now it's it's not going to happen today oh i mean it's it's quite good fun to watch you know because you know at the end of the day it's it doesn't really make that much difference you know it's it's good it's nice to win but you know i think if if you run well um and then you know you, you feel like you've put in a good effort even if you've made a mistake then you know, you learn from it and you move on mm. and you can't beat yourself up too much about it, even though, you know, there's always you always want to go back and rerun the race again. Yeah. And, you know, you would do th- you do certain things differently and it's only natural to feel like that. Um, and, and, you know, everybody probably feels like that in all sorts of races. You know, if you're running a marathon or fun runs 
you, you know, if you don't learn something from the race, then you're missing out. I think you have to learn something from every race that you run, and and more so, I think you learn if you if you if you if you're beaten and you're you know there's a chance you're going to win. Um, you, you learn more from your losses than your wins. I think. Well, uh, amen to that. I mean, that's the main core subject of our episode today. If you're just tuning in and this is your first Irishman running abroad episode, welcome aboard. This is a show that began with me not running couch to 5K, me not being able to run whatsoever, and Sonia taking me two years ago off the couch and to the point of breaking 20 for 5K and also running the London City Marathon. My next marathon on the horizon is the Dublin City Marathon and loads of you guys are going to run it with us. In fact, this past Sunday, a gang of our listeners in the Irishman Running Abroad singlet headed to the Phoenix Park to meet Sonia herself and run with her for a little bit. Here's a taste of what went down. I know, that's me now. We're here halfway through the long run with Sonia here to join us. Let's give Sonia a round of applause for coming out and joining the crew. But we're totally wrecking the run. (laughs) Splitting everybody up. Well, when I said to Sonia at the start of this, we're going to run 5.45 to 5.50 pace, both eyebrows came up from behind the sunglasses. And I don't know, Sonia, was that because you were like, I can't be seen running that slow? I think I don't know what that face is, you know. I talk, and I interpreted it like it was 5.15 and then yeah. I was happy then. So yeah, but proud. the other thing you did was as well, you were like, I said we're going to run on the road and you went, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> so the first lap for you was through the woods and on the trails. Where did you take yeah. the guys? Do you know all these routes? Well, we actually kept bobbing in and out and seeing everybody. So we were, yeah. you know, following the same loop. Yeah, but roughly uh, the same distance. A lot of variety. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. And just, nobody twisted an ankle. The time goes by really quick. It there. really you're, does. You don't know what you're missing. When you're chatting away as well, <laughs> That a few that, hills, a lane's yeah. right. Yeah, they got a few more hills than us. Uh, we did stop at the top and have a time out every time. You know, a little bit of a breather. Oh, did you? Again. Oh, very yeah. nice. So you're off now with Sophie for a big uh, night. What's what's happening night, tonight? We have, we have to somehow pass the day first. The race is not till eight o'clock yeah. tonight. So, How will um, you do that? Um, I don't know. She might still be in bed. So coffee. That would be, be a good start. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll try not to have coffee too early. Well, she won't anyway. Yeah. She was telling me last night she was going to have one. Of, about six o'clock, I said she'd be bouncing off the walls yeah. tonight. But um, she's pretty confident, we, though. Oh, she's comfortable. She's happy. You yeah. know, she's excited to run. She this is her first time Irish Senior Championship. So yeah. Uh, yeah, in the final, so it's all, all a bonus from here. So this is great. So the podcast is back this week. If you're listening to it now, you'll know we're back in business. We've had our break. Everybody's restored and refreshed. And when we next talk to you, we'll know the result um, of this race. So I'll talk oh, to you. That's right, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and lots of other races too. There's lots yeah. of good races. So tune in. Um, mind you, you'll have tuned in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> RTE, I suppose. Yeah. Um, or you can watch it back on the player. But, well, and it's good two hours of athletics on Sunday evening. Brilliant. Well, on behalf of everybody, thank you so much for the year of running and advice that you've given us all. Uh, maybe Maybe we finish with a round of applause for everybody. So coming out of that, Sonia, like the purpose of these long runs is, of course, time on feet and building that base. How was it you described? It was pulling the pint before you put the head on it, <laughs> making sure the, 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 the biggest part of the pint is uh, drinkable. Your your own training at the moment is has been tapered back. You mentioned it there. You just did uh, 12 yourself. But that pace that you were running at, I, I 
I even now when I was going around uh, listening back to that clip, I was like, this wasn't the, the ideal pace for somebody training for a marathon. You, you were out there trying to get your fitness back. Is that what was going on? Oh, no, I mean, I didn't. I actually didn't. I didn't know what pace I was running while I was running it. Um, I don't ever look at my watch when I'm running along. Um, and I like to be surprised by the average pace that you get at the end. Because oftentimes I start off fairly slowly. Um, but, you know, I knew when we did start off, initially it was a bit of a herring down the road. Not on my part. But <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, a little bit on your part. Let's be no, honest. No, no, I was, I, was, I was just keeping up because I wanted to <laughs> you see. You were at the we're front. <laughs> I know, but I wasn't leading it. <laughs> but here's the thing. I just thought it was funny because we've spent so much, again, for the people that are just tuning in, spent so much of the last two years learning the benefit of running truly slowly to, in order to run fast, in order to build a point the way we <laughs> want to build it. Uh, but y- you weren't up for it. You weren't up for a 550 pace. Why Why was that? Well, 550 pace is like, that's like, that's not slow. That's like slower than slow. That's, that's, that's out of my range. I, think. I don't think I can do that unless I'm running up a big hill. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, I think five thirty is kind of slow for you. Yeah, I mean five fifty is that must be slower than nine minute pace for a mile, isn't it? I, I don't know. I don't do miles, but all I know is yeah. when we've been chatting all the way along, it's that pace. What we're looking for is effort, and I found five forty five, five forty to five fifty to be that pace where it really does feel like a walk in the park and that that everything we've discussed getting and finding that truly comfortable face is where the best base will be built but aside from that the big thing we wanted to talk about today was the there's one there's one thing running around the phoenix park a lovely flat surface but the marathons that you're training for are not going to be flat. Very few are, unless they're run in the desert, and that's a whole nother kettle of snakes. Is there anything to be said? The question today is, is there anything to be said for actually training elements of the race you're going to do? Preparing training runs on areas very similar to the course you're going to cover, or better still, the course itself. What do you think, Sonia? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a good idea to include some hills if the marathon is likely to be hilly and probably to include hills at the point in the marathon where you're going to encounter the hills in the actual marathon. Mm. Um, one race where people specifically train over hills would be if they were preparing for something like the Boston Marathon. Of course. Where the hills are fairly extreme. Um, and, you know, for the Dublin Marathon, I mean, there is, there's a couple of drags here and there, but it's not very hilly. I mean, you wouldn't say it's hilly now, to be fair. <laughs> that you wouldn't, but there are quite a few people that will talk about Dublin's Heartbreak Hill, which is referred to for Boston all the time. Uh, we are thinking about organising a long run, a meet-up run, in two weeks' time to take on the dreaded Klonski Hill, a part of the Dublin Marathon a lot of people dread. And the uh, Run and Jump blog I read this week 
that this the most difficult uphill section of the race comes at 19 miles right at the time where you're supposed to hit that wall the 19 mile marker is at the Dodder Bridge at Klonsky and from there it's a mile and a half up to the top of Roebuck Road and some Dublin Marathon aficionados call it Heartbreak Hill after the legendary climb of Boston Marathon but it serves a similar purpose this blogger says of weeding out the also rans punishing the foolhardy fast runners wrecking the heads of all runners but it's hard and this is this is a good point they make in this blog it's hard to know and i thought i'd put this to you sonia it's hard to know how much of the difficulty with this hill is due to the physical demands of the hill itself or the point at which it falls in the race mile 20 is generally where the real marathon starts or so they say or the mental or is it the mental dread of knowing that a difficult climb lies ahead. So what do you make of that and that point there, Sonia? You, you're, you're kind of in the camp of it's not that bad of a hill. It's just where it is. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit like running into the wind. And, you know, where would you rather run into the wind? Would you rather run into it at the start or would you rather run into it at the end when you're a bit tired? Mm. And I was trying to make this point on the Sunday with people out at Santry running around 400 meters and I thought that the wind was favorable because the athletes had the wind behind them from the start all the way around to about 150 to go so they were getting all the benefit of the wind for you know more than three for approximately three quarters of the race yeah and when you face the wind you were you just had to get to the finish line and you were tired anyway so you know it wasn't going to affect you as much as if you had the headwind when you were trying to run your fastest. Sure, sure. Yeah, so it's a similar you're tired thing anyway. In the Dublin Marathon, so the mo- for the most part of the race, it's pretty flat. And then, see, so you're able to get into the nice rhythm and the pace that you want to be going along at. So when you come to the hill fairly late in the race, then you're going to be tired anyway. So you're going to be running probably a little bit slower. So you might as well be running slower up the hill. Mm as to be running slower on the flat. And it just makes you try a little bit harder, I think. Like when you're running into the wind, you try a little bit harder to maintain the pace you've been going. Similarly, when you run up a hill, you've got to try a little bit harder. And just by doing that, it distracts you, I think, from all the other pain that you're feeling. Mm, uh, But I guess everything comes down to how you've paced everything up to that point. I mean, everything you were saying there, Sonia, is all going well. But if you're already in the bin and suddenly you're at this hill, you're going, oh, man, I didn't. I don't need this right now. Ian O'Reardon of the Irish Times uh, says that you can break it down into sections. This particular hill, the first part climbs up from the river to the Klansky Gate of UCD before levelling off. Then the road rises again at the mosque for a couple of bends and then again it eases off and finally there's one last winding ascent behind Roebuck Gate before you reach the top and that's the bit that I guess you have to keep in your mind's eye and you've always said to me, run over the hill and enjoy this refreshing downhill roll on Foster's Avenue because you're as good as home uh, at that point. Is that a, a mental game that you can play with yourself is to, to to imagine the promise of that downhill while heading up there? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've always got to think that, you know, what, what goes up must come down. And 
you know, so if you get up there, maybe it's the other way around, but if in this case, we know you go down after you've been <laughs> up to the top of the hill. Um, but it's not a bad idea to go and run it, you know, on fresh legs. And you re- you'll think, oh, it's not that bad. Because mm, it probably, it is a lot worse, of course, when you are tired. Um, but at least if you know you can get up there on fresh legs, then you'll be able to visualize it and you'll be able to break it down. And then you can do the same thing when you approach just in the actual event. Well, that is the plan. I'm going to prepare the actual route that we're going to take with consultation with our coach, Vinnie Mulvey, who you will have heard of other episodes, who has been helping me and Sonia coaching us for the past while. He's, of course, a former uh, Leinster physio, physical therapist and the proprietor of VinnieMulveyFitness.ie. They run camps in the Phoenix Park all the time and uh, he has coached some unbelievable athletes and he himself, of course, a standout and All-American at Iona University representing Ireland at many distances. He, I'm going to pop over to him in Ashburn at the halfway point of this episode to talk about that route, to talk about what the plan is as I actually knuckle down now. It's really... <laughs> Only 90, what, under 90 days to go to this thing. It's time to start getting focused in. And who better to advise us than Vinny? So come over to patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad to hear the second half of my conversation. The second half of all of our episodes available over there each week. But now it's time to go around the parishes. Each week we go around the parishes on Strava to see what you guys have been running and pick out a few runners. And Sonia gives a shout out to a few people who she thinks have been doing crazy and brilliant things on there. Sonia, who's the first person that stands out to you? I see this fella here, um, Paul Brennan. He was running actually somewhere. I wasn't too far from here this morning myself. I was on the other side of the river on the bike this morning. Um, Battersea Park Half Marathon in London. They have a half marathon. They have runs everywhere these days. Yeah. And um, so he ran the half marathon. It looks like it's a tiny bit short. And um, just under six minute mile, an hour and 17 minutes. So well done to Paul. Unbelievable running. Paul, of course, uh, was one of my pacers for that first attempt at breaking 20 back in the day. Shout out to him. Um, I've uh, had. Um, technical malfunction here with my shout outs but uh, do you want to go again Sonia with one more from you yeah who else have I got um, Kurt Olsen and um, where was he in early run in St. George before this place turns into the surface of the sun where's St. George I mean that it's somewhere be. extremely it sounds like, hot <laughs> it sounds like an island it is extremely hot it's 83 degrees now this was obviously Fahrenheit yeah and 108 later today which oh is 20, my god in, in, uh, in the terms <laughs> that we understand that would be 28 degrees and up over 42 so maybe that's, that's one of these like um hotter European places St. George though it sounds like a Caribbean island I'll have to look up that bit more closely now we um, need to get people to to tag us with their hottest run of the week because that's definitely the winner for this <laughs> week who ran in the hottest temperature uh, what's his name Kurt is it um, yeah his name is Kurt Olsen good man I'm Kurt I'm going to have to find him now on my own Strava here and see where that is because I love to see where these places are Virgil Byrne put in a shift this morning on uh, in Central Park in Manhattan, 14 kilometers, 
Uh, nice and handy shout out to Fergal who of course ran the New York Marathon this past year as well we have a gang together these shout outs all come from our club on Strava then we have a Irishman running abroad club that you should join up for 1,968 members at last count. Can we break the 2,000 this week, Sonia? Someone, someone we will have to get a free singlet when we hit the 2,000. Who's your Who's your next shout-out? Um, well, I'm realising here now there's more than one Kurt Olsen on Strava. <laughs> I'm trying to find out where, he, where he's running in those hot conditions. Um, hmm, actually, this it might be this guy who's in Utah that... He follows me, so there's a chance if he follows me, then he's in our group, isn't there? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just me. looking here. 210 people have signed up for it. our Irishman running it's abroad Saint, squad. Yeah. It's St. George in the USA. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So it's so. somewhere. Maybe it is in, in the state of um, Utah. Jeez. Yeah. So I guess there's some. It's not just in Europe where they're getting very high temperatures this summer. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to Seamus McAteer, uh, who is our PRO and the man who puts together all of these shout outs each week. Uh, Seamus McAteer uh, getting out there all the time and bringing the group together. He is the man who has uh, put together our WhatsApp group as well, if you want to join that. This week there was about 40 messages, Sonia, on gels alone in there. So if you don't want to bore the arse of your partner each week with conversations about gels, reps and sprints, Maybe the Irishman running abroad WhatsApp group is where you need to be. Seamus did a great bit of running this week himself. He says, recovery five mile with Jonathan. Very slow miles after yesterday's hills. Fair play to him. We need to get a tip of the week out of you, Sonia. We haven't had a tip of the week in a long time. Tip of the week. 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 It's Sonia's tip of the week. What is your tip of the week this week, especially having come off four weeks rest from the podcast where we both had time to kind of gather uh, information, knowledge, ideas for the show? Uh, What was your takeaway from that four week break, especially coming back from a calf injury like you are? Yeah, I mean, I suppose when I was on the break, I didn't I definitely didn't feel like I had to report in my running activities (laughs) while I was away. Because you do feel like when you're out running and you're going to talk about them later on, you're always looking for interesting things that you might see out there mm. or do. And um, for me, definitely there hasn't been any pace injected recently. It's mainly just been easy runs. And only this past weekend, really, did I do my first couple of runs of non-stop running for an hour. So I, I built up to that for... We were off for about four weeks, so I was probably... Um, you know, building back up mm. over those four weeks as well and taking some walking breaks in my runs. Initially, it was like running two minutes, walk one minute, um, and gradually building up to run 10 minutes, walk a minute, run 15 minutes, walk a minute. And then it was getting to the point of, why are you walking the minutes? You don't really need this. <laughs> yeah, but that's a great spot to be in, isn't it? Where you really so, feel this is a waste. Oh, it- it is great and it was actually really good to, I think to run with everybody in the park on Sunday um, and even though we split up into different little groups we did keep bumping into each other along the way because as much as we one group of us was running on the trails you intersect with the footpaths and the roads every now and then and 
you know, because we were all at various paces, we were able to see different groups running as well. So, you know, it's not always a bad thing when you have a group to have people going at different paces mm. and um, to, to spot each other as, as you're going around. Look, it was um, brilliant. It was so much fun. It was so brilliant to have you out there. Uh, and I know a lot of people were experiencing massive FOMO <laughs> having been away uh, for this meetup run, but I'm sure there will be others. Before we go to our break there, I do want to do a little bit of myth busting with you because I feel like this is something that we can easily do every single week because there are just so many myths, notions and ideas around this thing where people are saying, you're not really a runner unless you're doing X or just conflicting information on things such as stretching. Now, uh, Elaine DeCourcy was one of the people that joined us for the run the other day, and she had confided in me that she was not a stretcher, not somebody who stretched before or after, and uh, had recently been told by a physio, if you're going to do it, if you're going to do any stretching, make sure it's done after. I was interested to know where you stood on that. I know we've talked about stretching in the past, but... Are you a stretcher at all yourself? And would you encourage people to get some done rather than none? I wouldn't be a huge stretcher now, to be fair. Um, I tend, and I think we've discussed this a few times, and I would normally stretch when I'm waiting for people. And, you know, I'm not always waiting because I'm often late. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, my my stretching time is limited. Um, The problem, I suppose, with stretching is that you have to make the time for it and you know you have to decide when when you have that time to make and is it going to be before the run or after the run and it's not a bad thing like if you're standing around at the start of a run waiting that you can do a few stretches um and get yourself warmed up and then similar when you're finished the run when you're standing around waiting for people to gather and you're having a chat saying goodbye that you can also get involved in some stretching then and maybe share stretching tips with with the people that you're out with, um, depending on, I suppose, where you feel you have, you need to stretch. And sometimes Mm. the stretches are related to a recent injury you might have had and some tips that the physio has given you about um, what areas you need to work on. But it's amazing how as soon as you start to feel better and get out there and run, you can forget those stretches and, you know, just head back into the run straight out the door. Yeah, like I, I definitely felt it the next day after uh, Sunday's run, which was mad to me because I really have been building up the mileage since we last spoke. 22s, 24k uh, most Sundays. And I'm just a little bit, I get a little bit anxious about how tight my Achilles feel on the following morning. <laughs> this was the scenario I found myself in yesterday. Done the 24th on the Sunday, woke up in the morning in pain, like waking up in pain is always a bit of an alarm bell, isn't it? I get out of the bed. I was like, I better go downstairs and get some ice or something for this. Uh, get the ice pack, get back up the stairs, about to strap it on before I get into the bed. And I realized that the pain's gone away. <laughs> the Achilles, there's nothing wrong with it at all. It just needed to be stretched out. Is that an age thing is my question, my final question for you, Sally. Like, how how do we decipher between what's age related and what's just general running pains? Well, it can be a combination of a few different things because it can also be a, 
a position situation, you know, depending if you're if you're sitting around for a long time, working at a desk all day, and you're in the one position for a long time, then you're you're going to definitely have tighten a few up. aches and pains, tighten yeah. up. So when you stand up, then, you know, it can be a bit of an effort to get moving. Um, and similarly, in the morning, after you've been lying down and asleep for a long time, then your whole body has been in a state of, you know, just lying there and mm. inactivity that you do need to wake the muscles up a bit. And I, the hardest thing I find is when you get up in the morning is having to go down the stairs. And yep. it's I, like I really struggled to go down the stairs and I'd be aching all over all sorts of pains. But then, you know, after going for a run or a bike ride or just going out and about and doing stuff, then I can run up and down the stairs. No problem in the afternoon. It's mad, so, isn't it? It's all definitely a warming up thing. And that is where, you know, stretching can definitely help to maybe expedite the warming up process. And, you know, things like calves and Achilles, they're definitely things that you need to watch out for because you don't want them to get in a state of, you know, being overstretched too quickly when you run out the door. Hmm. Uh, So I think you have to be aware of your weak points and, you know, be conscious of you know what you need to do to you know prevent them from getting to a point of really affecting you and you know putting a roadblock in the way for you yeah i uh, will be talking a bit more to Vinny about that later on and after the break before we let sonia go i do want to get a little preview of these budapest world championships it does feel like yesterday we were talking about oregon but here we are, less than three weeks ago to the World Championships. Who are the Irish athletes we should be all keeping an eye out for? And what are Sonia's predictions? Find out all of that and more over on patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad. Thanks, Sonia. One of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise wise. Imagine, you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress, 